Welcome to the Inspiring Women Weekly Podcast, where women come to be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to go further, push harder, and shine brighter through personal conversations with me, your host, LaShonda McLaurin. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Inspiring Women Weekly Podcast. LaShonda here, and I hope that you are having an amazing day and ready to have yet another great week. So last week, I spoke with Dr. Laquanda Johnson on going the distance. If you haven't, go check that episode out. It really was amazing. In that episode, she talked about the love she has for her job as a professor of engineering and the passion that she has for her career. Now, it is my hope that all of you wake up each morning feeling a sense of joy and happiness when you think about going to work. But statistics say otherwise. Statistics say that about 85% of people hate their job. That's almost 9 out of 10 people. So today, if you're one of those 9 that is dreading going to work today, I want to talk to you. In this episode, we are going to discuss the top reasons why people hate their jobs, and I'll give you a few tips on how to best handle and even overcome these reasons. And so for this episode, I want to inspire you to get to work. So I know you were probably thinking, why does she want to inspire me to get to work? Well, as you'll see as we go throughout this episode, all the reasons in order to overcome them, there is something that you must do. You have to get to work. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, this episode was sparked by my sister, one of my sisters, hey, Audrey, who took an Instagram poll asking if people loved their job or not. And surprisingly, about 84% of the people who answered her poll said, nah, they don't like their job. Now, I was kind of shook by those numbers, but I became even more shook and even saddened when I saw some legit stats that basically mirrored her numbers. So many people are getting up every day, hating the place that they spend about eight or more hours per day. Now, I absolutely love my job. Let me just say that. I absolutely love what I do as a counselor, but believe me, I have been there. Just like many of you, I have had those jobs, and not just one, but a few (laughs) jobs that I dreaded going to every day. You know that feeling of, Lord, I cannot take another day in this place, and you just sit in the parking lot dreading going into the building. I've been there, and when I think about why I hated my job in the past so much and why so many other people feel the same way, there are three top reasons that come to mind. So we're going to talk about those top three reasons why people hate their job and discuss how we can thrive while we are in those situations until things change or until we have a job or career that we love. So the first reason why many people hate their job is the environment. Now, this encompasses a lot of things, so we're going to spend a good bit of time talking about this area. Coworkers, bosses, company culture, all of these things can make it a little difficult to enjoy your job. I know I'm not the only person who had a job that I actually enjoyed doing, but the experience was somewhat tainted by the people I was surrounded by. Now, for this area, I want to talk about inappropriate behavior, gossip culture, and a lack of diversity and inclusion in the workplace. These are the three things that we're going to focus on when it comes to hating your work environment. Now, first off, inappropriate behavior. 
is probably the most severe work environment issue that contributes to a toxic environment. Not only does it contribute to a toxic work environment, but these inappropriate actions have led to years of pain and heartache for people. The Me Too movement, and in particular, the Times Up movement, which addressed sexual abuse and harassment in the workplace, shed a light on just how prominent the issue is. For decades, this inappropriate culture was kind of normal. It was normal to hear inappropriate comments from your boss. It was accepted to have a coworker flirt with you in an inappropriate way. It was even expected for some women to inappropriately interact with their bosses after hours in order to succeed. Now, thankfully, things are changing. Change is underway. And I say underway because there's still a lot of work to be done. Now, no one wants to be in this type of situation, and I pray that none of you find yourselves here. But if you happen to be going through this, there are a few options I want you to consider. Now, the first piece of advice that I'm about to give you isn't just for this situation, but it's for everyone who works anywhere but especially if you're dealing with harassment, and that is to know your company's rules, policies, regulations, and code of ethics. In order to know if someone is truly breaking the rules, you must first know the rules. It's hard to present your case if you're basing it solely off of feeling that things are inappropriate versus presenting it off of what you know is right or wrong according to the policy. From there, keep a record of inappropriate behavior and consider talking to the boss, go up to HR, get you a legal team, shoot even write a letter to Congress if you need to. Now, I know that there have been people who have done some of these things and not much change has been made in their work environment. And that's very unfortunate. This is when you have to consider your mental health and how the toxic environment is affecting you and determine what your goal is in the situation. If you're determined to make a change at that job, then you may consider staying there and putting up a fight for change. If your goal is to protect yourself, you may consider working on an exit strategy. There is no right or wrong answer for you in this situation. It is all about what your goal is. But please, guys, please remember, if you are going through this, or if you have gone through something like this, talk to a professional counselor to get the help to unpack all of the emotions and feelings that you may have about your experience. Your self-care is of high priority. Whew, okay. That's inappropriate behavior. Very serious business. And I wanted to talk about that from the jump, okay? Now, let's move on to gossip culture. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That he said, she said, I don't like her. She thinks she's better than us environment. And ladies, we have to be honest and admit that most of the times, gossip culture is ran by women. I mean, yes, men can be messy, but it's most likely that ladies will contribute to this culture. Gossiping can be such a turnoff in a work environment, and it can make things really toxic. I have experienced this myself. I remember working at a job, which will remain nameless, and the office was full of women. And with that came a lot of clicks and people talking about each other, sending emails about each other, even arguing with each other. Sometimes the gossip would carry outside of work and they would meet up after work and continue to talk about the drama at work. It was never ending. I tried my best to just keep my head down and do my work, but I ended up being someone that people talked about because I refused to participate in the drama. You know, I was labeled a goody two shoes and oh, she thinks she's too good for us. 
I didn't really care, but it was a mess of a place to work. And I was very happy when my last day there came. Guys, I know that gossip culture is really running rampant throughout society because I remember going to an interview. We had just moved to Arizona, a very small town in Arizona, and I was going to an interview with another company that will remain nameless. And the interviewer began by asking me some very normal questions. And then her questions went to something like this. What would you do if someone came to you talking about somebody else? Okay, so I answered her question and then she hit me with another one. How would you handle a situation where two of your coworkers don't get along? And I'm like, uh, okay, so I answered that question. Then she proceeds to ask me yet another question in reference to drama in the office. Now I'm getting suspicious by now, so I kindly answer her question and then I ask her. I said to her, you know, I'm seeing a trend in your questions here about workplace drama. Is this something I'm going to have to worry about at your agency? Immediately, she was kind of caught off guard and she began to backpedal and try to play it off like it wasn't a big deal. But that was a major red flag for me. And I kept that in mind. So a few weeks later, when they called and offered me the job, she was extremely shocked when I kindly turned her down for another agency. I was not about that gossip culture and that drama lifestyle. I had been there before and I was not trying to go in back. So even when job hunting, ask questions about the culture of the office before you accept the position. It could really save you a lot of trouble. It can be so tiring and taxing mentally when you work at a place where people are constantly talking about you or even others. So if this is your work environment and you find yourself trying to move smoothly in a room full of vultures, let me give you a few tips, okay? (laughs) So my first tip is to find your tribe. It is my hope that not everyone at the job participates in this negativity and that you can find just a few people you can connect with. See if there are just a few like-minded people in the office like you and gravitate towards them. For me, I always ended up becoming closer with the older women in the office. They were not about that drama life. So I would converse with them while at work. So find your tribe, even if it's just one other person, at least that way you aren't alone, if that's something that bothers you. My next tip is to stay away from the mess. Listen, it is not going to benefit you at all to try and make friends with the messy crowd and get sucked into their drama. I promise you, it will not be worth it. Don't fall to the pressure to be with the in crowd and do what others do. Because keep in mind, with people who love to gossip, One day they'll be your friend and the next day they'll be talking about you. So stay away from the gossip. My next tip for the gossip culture is to simply ignore it. I know that sounds like something that your mama would tell you when you was little. Just ignore it. But for real, (laughs) put your headphones in, do your work, mind your business and ignore it. I know it may sound foreign to just go to work and not develop close relationships with people there. But no one said you got to be friends with your co-workers. You can just be kind, professional, be cordial, but you don't have to be pals with them. You can go to work, do your job, and go home. You can have your friends and your tribe outside of work if you need to. There is nothing wrong with keeping business and pleasure separate. And in a work environment that's full of gossip, it may really benefit you to do so. Now, my next tip is to see how you can make a change. This could be having a conversation with your coworkers or your boss or your boss's boss, or the HR department to see if you can get a conversation started towards making the change in the office. 
Now, I know sometimes that's hard, but because sometimes it is the boss or the supervisor who is the main one who's doing the gossiping. I've been there too. So on top of talking to these people, one of the most effective ways you can make change is to be the change that you want to see. Lead by example and model the behavior that you want to see in other people. I always ask my counseling and coaching clients to first make sure that they are projecting the behavior they wish others would project. Be sure that when you are around your coworkers, you are carrying yourself in a way that doesn't promote the gossip, but promotes unity, classiness, professionalism, and friendliness. Maybe your attitude will be the one that breaks the gossip culture cycle. You just never know. So those are my tips for how to deal with the gossip culture in your environment. And if you're going through that, my prayers are with you, and I hope that some of these tips are helpful. So now we've talked about inappropriate behavior. We've talked about gossip culture. Now, the last work environment issues I want to discuss are a lack of diversity and inclusion. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, I'm sure you've seen the recent issues with these large fashion companies putting out culturally insensitive products, then having to apologize. And it leaves us asking, was there no one in the building who could have told y'all this was not a good idea? These recent issues highlight that while some places may hire minorities to meet their quota, they aren't necessarily included in areas that matter. Whether you're a woman at a male-dominated company or you're the only black person in a room full of everybody else, it can be tough to constantly feel invisible, to be left out of important conversations because you're the minority, and to be looked over for positions because you are connecting with your boss who may be the polar opposite for you. For example, you are a young black female and your boss is an older white male. It can be tough to connect sometimes. I've helped clients who feel stressed at work because their coworkers have conversations about politics that make them feel uncomfortable, but they don't say anything because they're in the minority and everyone else around them seem to feel fine with it. This issue is tough because it's often very passive and oftentimes the only person who realizes what's happening is a person who is being affected. Everyone else is going on their merry way. People can feel alone and like they have no one to turn to, even the human resources department in these situations, because there's no policy that's being violated, but the lack of inclusion still negatively affects the work environment. I just read an article that my husband sent me that says seven out of 10 people avoid difficult conversations at work. With that being the case, it lets me know that people are walking around feeling uncomfortable, wanting to speak up about issues, and even feeling offended, but nobody is saying anything because they're afraid to bring up the issues. So how do you handle this type of environment? Well, the first thing you can do is to try. Try to find a way to include yourself. Oftentimes, we isolate ourselves automatically when we are in a room full of people who don't look like us, act like us, or come from where we come from. And I've I've been guilty of doing that before. But maybe we have to start being more assertive and try to join the crowd. Now, that doesn't mean that you got to change who you are, but it doesn't hurt to say, you know what, I'm going to assert myself and include myself in this conversation. I'm going to assert myself. I'm going to go out to lunch with you guys. I'm going to be myself, but I'm still going to join the crowd. Now, this may not work for everyone, but I'm sure some of you can see how putting forth a little effort to mix and mingle with others can help you learn more about them and especially help them learn more about you. And then that way, your culture can then be included. This is how you begin to have a seat at the table so that you can speak for your people 
who have been excluded in the past. Next, you can speak up. Now, this may be risky and uncomfortable, but maybe you just need to lay it all out there and express your concerns with someone who can make a change. Take some time to think about who you would feel comfortable talking to about the situation. You can also seek guidance from a mentor or someone who has been in your shoes and see what they recommend. And lastly, I recommend presenting solutions. It's one thing to talk about the problem, but if you can present solutions, you may be more likely to be heard. If there is something going on that you don't like, try to present the solution, not just the issue. Now, doing this depends on how much you care to see change occur. So if you plan to stay in this environment and stick it out, I suggest that you try to find a way to solve the problem, not just talk about the problem. So those are the three areas within the work environment, which is one of the top reasons why people hate their jobs. So now we're going to go to the next two reasons why people hate their jobs. So the first one was work environment. And the next two reasons are what I like to call the two P's. And they are paycheck and passion. I like to lump these two together because most people have one or the other. It's rare to find someone that does what they love and they're getting paid the amount they want to get paid. Most people are either doing something they hate, but getting paid a lot of money, or they kind of like what they do, but they hate the pay that they're getting. Now, let's talk about the paycheck first. The saying goes that money makes the world go round. I agree with that. So if you feel like your money is short, it can really, really turn your world upside down. Many career fields, especially those that provide a service and require a higher level of passion, often come with a lower pay scale, such as teaching, social work, police officers, and so on. They may have a true passion for the job, but it can be really tough to do it and even stay in the field because of the pay. To make things more difficult, we live in a culture where your salary determines your worth. People believe that how much money they make determines their status and their worth in life. Now, this isn't the case, but that's what many people believe. So if they make a smaller amount of money, their self-worth is lower, especially when they begin to compare themselves to others who are making more money. And y'all know comparison kills. If you don't know, go listen to that episode. (laughs) Now, on the flip side, there are people who work in business and finance and law and so on who make a lot of money, but they are miserable and don't feel the same sense of satisfaction with their career. They are missing the passion piece. They'd rather be doing something else, and thus, they hate their job, even though they're getting paid big money. Now, I love the saying, passion over paycheck, which means I'd rather have a job that I enjoy than make a lot of money with a job that I hate. But I get it. Money is important. As a woman with a family, I understand that money is needed, and lots of it in this day and age. So what do you do? Well, if you have the passion, but not the paycheck, here's what I recommend. First. Think, is there any way to increase my pay in my current work that I love? Will going back to school get me more money? Will more training or certifications help me increase my pay? I know for many careers, getting more education and certifications can cause you to go up in pay levels. So that's something to consider. Next, I recommend considering a side hustle. If you love your day job, maybe consider doing something on the side to bring in a little more money. Drive an Uber, sell makeup, work as a virtual assistant, make YouTube videos, do something to bring in some extra income so that you can continue to do the work that you love. And lastly, see how you can take doing what you love to the next level. An example of that is to start your own business. That's what I did. 
I love counseling, but when I was working for other agencies, I was getting paid a fraction of what I make as my own boss. So if your passion is teaching children, maybe starting a tutoring company on the side. If you love doing hair and makeup, level up and start teaching classes or doing freelance work. Take some risks and see if they pay off financially for you. Now, if you found your passion, you've done the easy part. Finding the money and making more money is a lot easier than you may think. For more ideas, I recommend listening to the Side Hustle Pro podcast, where women of color talk about how they were able to turn their side hustles into full-blown businesses. The biggest thing I want you to realize, though, is that your work is way more important than your pay. You are making an impact on those you work with. If you keep that in, in the forefront of your mind, the pay will take a back seat. Now, for those of you who have the opposite issue, being that you make the money, but you hate what you do, here are a few things for you to consider. First, ask yourself, what is it that you hate about your job? By determining this, you may be able to make smaller adjustments to make things better. Maybe you need to switch positions or departments, or maybe it's time for you to do a complete career change. The thought of doing that can be very scary. I know, but I believe that it's never too late to do what you love. Just because you've been working in the field for 10 years or more doesn't mean that you can't leave it and do something new. Another thing I want you to consider is if your passion can be done as a side hustle or hobby. Maybe you enjoy your work more if you were able to have time to do what you love outside of work. See if there are ways to incorporate doing your passion in your life without making a drastic change in your career. And lastly, if it comes down to it, don't be afraid to take a leap and switch things up altogether. Go back to school and study what you love. Determine your exit plan and begin looking for jobs in the field that you love. I don't know how many stories I've heard of people who left their Fortune 500 company that they were miserable in to do something that they love. Yes, their lifestyle may have changed, but for them, it was worth it. So ask yourself, is it worth it for you to get up and do something you love every day? Only you know what matters most to you, passion or paycheck. But it is always my hope that you find ways to have both. So guys, here you have it. Three of the top reasons why people hate their job. But I hope that after listening to this episode, you have some ideas on how to make things better in your work environment, whether you're dealing with inappropriate behavior, gossip, or a lack of inclusion. You now have some tools on what to do to address and even thrive in those situations. And if you're struggling with the passion versus paycheck dilemma, I hope you now have a few ideas of ways to make a career change or ways to add to what you're already doing. Most of all, what I want you to know is that life is too short to have a job that you hate. We live in a time now where there are so many options and opportunities to do what you love. We are blessed to not live in our parents' and grandparents' time where they did a job, they took this hourly wage because they had no other choice, and they did that until they retired, whether they liked the job or not. But things are so different now. Don't limit yourself. Now is the time to figure it out. Figure out what you want to do with your life and how to make it happen. Take risks, speak up, try something new, and make an effort to do what you love every day. So I hope that you feel inspired to think about the impact your job is having on your life. To determine how you can make positive changes in your work life, 
and to know that you have what it takes to achieve the career goals and dreams that you have for yourself. It's never too late to start. So until next time, stay encouraged and inspire someone else along the way. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed it and I really hope that it was helpful. If it was, shoot me a message. Go follow me on Instagram at LaShonda McLaurin and let me know. For the full show notes, visit inspiringwomenweekly.com. Have a great week and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.